Hi, and welcome to week three of NFL Game Time Podcast. I'm your host, Alex Rubinson. And I'm Shai Dweck. Week three is fast approaching, so we're going to break down each and every matchup of this upcoming week, along with kind of take our biggest takeaways from the first two weeks and trying to see what some trends will keep up and what will return to the norm. So, Shai, let's get right into it because it's game, game time. time. So we'll start with Thursday night. And the Houston Texans hosting the number one defense in the NFL, that being the Carolina Panthers. Panthers sweeping the board in basically every defensive category in terms of yards per game, points per game, and both rushing and passing yards per game as well. They've been the best defense in the NFL, and I feel like going into the year, they had promise, but no one expected it. No one expected this defense to be this good this early. Yeah, what's happening, Alex, is the rush with all those young, great players. You know, with Brian Burns, Derek Brown, uh, you're, you're you're having a lot of uh, you got a lot of young talent there. Your Tiergos Matos as well. You have the young talent that defensive line. What's really been surprising is to see that coverage play so well as well. And I think it does. You do have to look at some of the uh, passing offenses. It's been the Saints and Jets offenses that don't really you know with Michael Thomas out for the Saints, they don't really have that great number one guy. But Jay Seahorn, their first-round pick, eighth overall, I didn't love the pick at the time, but he's been playing like one of the best corners in the league right from the get-go. Yeah, absolutely. This is a guy who I was a little bit more uh, higher than you are just because of the amount of competition he had in college. A lot of looking at a lot of NFL guys. Well, I like Sertan better. I like I, I had Sertan over Horn uh, coming out of college, and I thought although I thought Horn was a good player, I thought he still had a ways to go before he was polished. Uh, so we'll see as he does face tougher and tougher receivers. You know, the Texans, they don't have a ton of talent, but Brandon Cooks, you know, is still a really good receiver, even at this stage in his career. So I think that'll be a an interesting matchup to watch. As, you know, I expect the Panthers, you know, to get the win against a Texans team that, again, they're not, they're going to be picking a top to drafts come April of 2022. And Terod Taylor was playing some really good football despite his horrid situation around him. Now he's down with a hamstring injury. And, you know, we'll insert Davis Mills, who, a lot of talent, but very raw. Yeah, I mean, this Texans offense was actually operating at a, at a decent clip when, when Terod Taylor was, was quarterbacking them. I, there's a lot, you know, to expect of Davis Mills. The expectations are probably going to be much lower, which they should be. Um so I think this game could have been more competitive if Tyra Taylor is actually playing with a rookie quarterback and that uh, defensive line, which is probably going to wreak havoc on a Texans offensive line that's been held up decently this season, but is uh, on paper not that great. I do expect Carolina to uh, to, to to take care of business here in a, in a pretty commanding fashion i mean houston gave cleveland a run for their money last week you know and if who knows what would happen if tarot taylor could finish the game and i think that's you know we do have to give credit there to david cully you know houston playing their you know what's off and you know they've been i think a lot more competitive it's only two weeks we both understand that but they're all they're a lot more competitive than i think anyone was willing to give them credit for at least heading into week one just a couple weeks ago yeah, it's a team that really wants to win games. Um, and at the end of the day, if you really want enough and you have that drive and you instill that into your players as a coach, you're going to win some football games. 
I feel like the game against Cleveland, they lost just because, you know, the talent uh, differential. You know, Cleveland's just a much more well-rounded, talented team. But I thought, I mean, again, Houston gave them a run for its money in a game they really had no business being in. So we both have Carolina winning the Thursday night game, going to 3-0. And I'll be interested to see, you know, the Panthers haven't played a really good consistent offense. You know, the Saints with Jameis, we don't. I think we're still gonna kind of trying to get a grasp of, of what they'll be. So I'll be interested to see as the Panthers play better and more consistent offenses. They are in the same division as the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. I'll be interested. I'll be interested to see how this defense translates and to see was it a level of competition that prompted up the defense or are they really this good? Because I don't think I don't think they're the number one defense in the NFL. And I know I mean you probably agree with that. But I do think this is a promising young defense that is on the rise. Absolutely. So now let's go to Eli Manning getting his jersey retired this weekend at MetLife Stadium in front of the Giants' home crowd, taking on the Atlanta Falcons as two teams. I mean, the Giants really should have won last week. And there's no question about it. They out- in my mind, they outplayed Washington. They were the better team than Washington. The only problem is I think they, they beat two teams. They basically outplayed Washington and should have beaten them, but then they also beat themselves. And I think them being themselves, you know, missing Darius Slayton on the wide-open touchdown, obviously jumping off sides on the missed field goal that would have won the game the first try, there were just too many just boneheaded mistakes that we didn't see from this Giants team last year. Last year, it seemed like the Giants were just a team that was on the rise, but just short of talent, a lot like maybe what we were talking about with Houston. This year, it almost seems like some of those boneheaded mistakes that we had seen in the pre-Joe Judge uh, era for the Giants, they're just kind of, they're coming back to the surface. And again, a Giants team that has a good chunk of talent, but isn't obviously one of the most talented teams in the NFL. They're not in that group by far. They can't afford to make those boneheaded errors that we saw last Thursday night. Yeah, I think that's a really good analysis of how that how that game went. Um the Giants looked good until they really just made a, made an error. Uh, they 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 really performed well against a Washington defense that was, uh, you know, coming in a great defense on paper. They've struggled in the pass rushes. They've been a little bit underwhelming this year. But even then, it's 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 good to see the Giants' offensive line protect nine uh, nine Chase Young. You know, Jonathan Allen. I know got in there once or twice but they 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 did a did a nice job you're facing a falcons defense this week which is not nearly as good and not, not nearly, nearly as talented exactly the, the biggest concern though for this giants defensive line is two of their uh, projected starters are now out uh including their best offensive lineman nick gates a guy that really can play any position along the offensive line he came in as a center but you know last week they've moved him to guard which he had played before but you know, he was in probably their best offensive lineman, and now he's out for the year with a broken leg. So, you know, obviously hope he has, you know, a speedy recovery and is back healthy for next season. But, you know, that's going to be a big loss on that Giants uh, offensive line, an offensive line that obviously we had great concerns for already heading into the season. The Falcons, look, they're not a good football team. No one is debating that. You know, we'll see about if Arthur Smith is the right, you know, man for the job. But they did give Tampa a run for their money. At one point, I believe it was 28-25, and Atlanta maybe even had the ball. Then kind of two pick sixes by Mike Edwards kind of changed changed momentum. And from there, obviously, this, in my mind, the score didn't indicate 
how close this game was just because there were two late pick sixes by Tampa. So I did think this game was closer. Uh, and I do the Atlanta did give them a run for their money. I am gonna go with the Giants here, although you know as much of a you know just ugly game that was last week against Washington, they looked much better than they did Week One. Uh, Daniel Jones looked incredible. Uh, Daniel Jones looked great, and I even saw a, a statistic I think on Pro Football Focus that said the Giants have like the lowest percent of like receivers who are considered open or at least throws to receivers who are considered open. So that also just shows that what Jones is doing, you know, it's not obviously at an incredible level, but it's at a solid level with his guys not getting open. And obviously that's not his fault. It's, you know, partly on scheme, partly on the wide the wide outs. And also I expect Evan Engram to play. And again, you know, we can bash him for all of his mistakes and drops and everything, but I do believe this is a better offense with him on the field. I think Gall- I think they're going to slowly but surely make Galladay a bigger staple of the offense. And right now, nobody can cover Sterling Shepard. Yeah, you're absolutely right. He's been playing really well. The, I mean, the key for the Giants for me is just to put a lid on the Falcons' passing game. That's really what they... That's how they you know get in football games. If they are able to take the top off a of defense and just drive the ball uh, in there with their great receivers, that, 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 that's how they get into these games. Um, so it will be interesting to see, you know, if James Bradbury is able to 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 cover Calvin Ridley and, and really uh, slow him down because he's the vocal point of that offense. And last year the Giants played this bend don't break defense, very soft defense, and given their personnel, it made a ton of sense. This year, though, with the addition of Adoree Jackson, basically the addition of Xavier McKinney, he didn't play much. He really played like one full game last year, where he was a hundred percent healthy. Uh, and that was the last game of the year against Dallas. He basically is now coming back fully healthy. So that's almost like another addition within itself. So with better, with a better secondary, I expected the Giants to be more aggressive from a blitz perspective, but also you know not play super you know like press man or be super aggressive with their corners. But I am a little surprised to see how soft they're continuing to play. Yeah, so I, I mean, did you? Did you? I don't know if we got your pick yet. I'll go. I'll go with the Giants, although I don't feel good about it. Uh, obviously, it should be. I'm actually going to the game, uh, so right. it it should be fun, especially you know with the retirement of Eli Manning. You know, I know he had his ups and downs, but he did deliver that organization two Super Bowl championships, and you know he might call. You know, Giants fans do love Eli. They love Eli. They may not have loved him within every game, but looking back on his career. They 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 love Eli and they always will. Absolutely, I mean, any time you can deliver Super Bowls to a, a multiple to multiple to to an organization, that's a right. Clearly, and a like fan base. Every anti every anti Brady, like every Brady hater, I feel like should also love Eli. That's true. I can get behind that. <laughs> so now another NFC East team, the Washington Football Team, barely escaping those New York Giants, really easily could be zero and two themselves. Taking on the Buffalo Bills, who a dominating win against the Dolphins. At the same time, it was their defense that dominated against Jacoby Brissett. Their offense looked good at times, but I still feel like there's something missing from last year. Josh Allen still a good, still playing really well, but he's not that MVP guy that I think a lot of people thought he was going to carry into this year. I'm going to go with the Buffalo Bills. It's in Buffalo. I feel solid about this pick, but I'm almost picking the Bills more of 
because Washington just does not look good over the last two weeks. And we'll see with Heineke. Obviously, Heineke has had a nice start to his Washington tenure with the playoff game last year and then a good game against the Giants. But Washington, that defense has been disappointing. You know, many, including myself, thought it potentially could have been the best defense in football. And, you know, to put it nicely, it is mediocre. Yeah, that pass rush needs to get home. We were just talking about it. There's too much talent. There's too much invested there um, for that not to be the vocal point of that defense. It's really the vocal point of this team. Um, you know, Buffalo, on their side of things, it it doesn't seem like Josh Allen's having confidence issues. It's almost as if teams know how to play him well, from last season. Did he set the bar too high for himself? Because I think, like... I was not, I don't want to say I was down on Allen, but I thought the expectations on Allen may have been a little high. You know, people think he's going to throw for, you know, could he throw 50 touchdowns and could he win the MVP? And I'm not saying he has the talent to do all those things, but with how well he performed last year, people almost assume that, oh, that's the Josh Allen that's going to be for, you know, the next 10 years when out of three years, we had only seen that guy once. Now, I think last year, is more of the guy he is than his first two years in the league. But that doesn't mean I think he's going to consistently throw for 40, 45 touchdowns and, you know, take good care of the football and be consistent in the MVP race. He's still a very good quarterback, but I think those expectations that he set for himself, obviously he has the talent to replicate that type of season, but it's so hard to do in the NFL for any player. Yeah, I also just going to say this. I think defenses are keying in on Stephon Diggs. I think when when teams play the Buffalo Bills, they say, let's take away 14. Uh, they have Emmanuel Sanders. They have Cole Beasley, Dawson Knox. These are fine players. But at this point in all of their respective careers, that none of them in my mind are strong number twos. Emmanuel Sanders once was. Beasley's a nice slot guy. Dawson Knox, I think, is you know an, under, an underrated tight end. But at this point in their respective careers, none of those guys is a, is a strong number two in my mind. Exactly. Or at least enough to take away pressure and attention from Stefan Diggs. Exactly. That I mean that's what part of the reason when they lost week one to Pittsburgh is that was the, the, the game plan defensively. There's a lot of double team on Stefan Diggs and obviously Pittsburgh has a good pass rush. They played well that game, but there 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 clearly wasn't enough time to for Josh Allen to get the ball to other eligibles. Obviously the Dolphins defense wasn't as stout. I don't you know, Washington's might, but I still think that this offense will be able to, especially if this defensive line can't get to Josh Allen. There's no, I mean, they have the talent to, but based off of how good the Bills' defensive line has been playing, I, I, I mean, offensive line has been playing, I don't, I'm not expecting great things from this Washington defense. Yeah, and again, another interesting matchup. Rousseau had two sacks last year, or last week. Gregory Rousseau, their first-round pick, you know, Washington's office line has been very suspect at best. So, if depending on the amount of work that Rousseau gets, we could see a rookie on rookie matchup with Rousseau against Cosme. Cosme had a really tough week last week. So we're both going. I I believe you're also going. Yes, Buffalo. I am going Buffalo. Um, although for me, it's mainly just because both teams have underperformed a little bit. But I think Buffalo has a clear path to turn it around because we have seen signs, especially with their uh, dominating win last week. Now we go to the Bears picking up their first win, taking on the Cleveland Browns as, look, this might be Justin Fields' first career start, and it's no easy task going against just a really good all-around team in the Browns. 
Cleveland, though, I think they might be leading the NFL in turnovers. I could be, I could be wrong, but you know, in in, in terms of turnovers, where they they're the one turning the ball over. Um, yeah, so you they have to get that fixed. You know, this is a good all round team. Um, you know, they 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 have to get they obviously have to get that fixed. Um, yeah, as you see, the the Browns I think have they have four they have four giveaways and the jet the Jets lead and the Bucks lead with five. So like they're not far off the pace from having the most giveaways. I think they'll be they'll be able to get by it get by with it against a Chicago team that's rebuilding, especially against a young quarterback like Justin Fields. I I expect if Fields is the starter, the Browns are gonna you know try to do everything in their mind to confuse him. You know, change in and out of defenses. You know pre-snap, post-snap, run exotic blitzes. They're going to try to confuse Fields, and I think Fields will be able to adapt eventually throughout his rookie season. But again, first career start, I, I think Fields really struggles, and I don't think it's you know an indictment on him. It's just you're facing a solid defense that's really well coached, and you're a rookie that, again, Allen Robinson's a really good receiver. He hasn't been great this year. And again, Darnell Mooney, I like, but they don't have that strong number two option that we were also referring to with Buffalo. Yeah, I just don't think the Bears in any aspect are better than Cleveland. You just look at their strengths. Nowhere can you say they have an advantage in this matchup. There's where they can exploit to win. I just don't think it's the case. I'm expecting Cleveland to uh, not blow them out. But really, well, I mean, play well H- at home. Houston gave Cleveland a run for their money, so I do expect the Browns to play well and get the win. But I'm also a little concerned. I mean, they played so well against the Chiefs despite the loss that people thought this potentially could be a powerhouse. And yes, they beat the Texans, but at least for when Terod Taylor was in, it was not convincing. I would argue that Terod Taylor and that tech, that Texans team with Terod Taylor is playing better than that Bears team with Andy Dalton. Right, and that might be the case. So, I, I look, like you, I think the Browns win this game. But I'm saying long, the Browns' goal isn't to go 10-7 and seven, or, you know, even 11-6. They 11 aspire to win a Super Bowl. They true. aspire to make a deep playoff run. Maybe not win a Super Bowl. I mean, that's the goal. That's the goal, obviously. But I, I think, like, for me, this isn't... If they don't win the Super Bowl, I'm not seeing this as a bust season. Like, if they go to the AFC Championship game and, let's say, they give the Chiefs a run for their money, I'm not going to say it was a you know disappointing season for the Browns. Especially given what they've been through for really their entire existence mm. um, since they came back in the NFL. But I do expect when they play better teams, uh, you know, they have to play better. And their defense has to be play better. And they can't, give, they can't put their defense in tough spots with, you know, turning the ball over. So I do think they get the win I just because they just, they're just a better team and a better coach team than the Bears are. But I think long term... Baker Mayfield and you know overall the Browns need to need to be just play cleaner football if they want to make a deep playoff run. You're absolutely right. For a team that wants to run the ball and play really good defense, that's turning the ball over is the one thing that can gonna ruin that recipe. So now let's go to the Ravens against the Lions. Is who why why did the NFL have to first three games for the Lions? The 49ers, the Packers, the Ravens. That's a brutal three-game stretch to open up the season. With that being said, I've been, you know, I know they're own too, but I've been impressed with what I've seen from Detroit. You know, giving both the Niners a run for their money at the end, and at halftime they were beating the Packers. So, I this team has played well. I think that is a testament to Dan Campbell, who got a lot of hate in the off season. I I like the mentality Detroit has played with, 
And I know he's not great. And I'm not saying he is by any stretch of the imagination. But, I mean, Jared Goff isn't terrible. Like, when I feel like over the last few years, people have acting like Jared Goff is, like, the worst quarterback in the NFL and doesn't and shouldn't be a starter. That's not the case. Jared Goff, I think, is a fine starter that he can be good when given the necessary pieces around him. Now, obviously, he doesn't have that in, in Detroit. But overall, I just like what the Lions are building. They're, they're you know have a boatload of picks coming in, especially from the Stafford trade. They're building out an offensive line that, through the first couple weeks, looks really strong. I do expect the Ravens to get the win, especially, you know, with all that momentum. I think momentum does transfer with their big win against the Chiefs. But I, the Lions, I, I like what they're building. Ravens are just a much stronger team in all facets. Yeah, I, I agree. I'm expecting Baltimore to, to win this game as well. And uh, I, I'm a, on Jared Goff, I think... Last year, with the injuries that he's had, and the fact that he underperformed, it was seen as so unacceptable because the Rams' building pieces were so good. And there was a lot of pressure, too. There was a lot of pressure. We were talking about how I don't think it's Super Bowl bust for the Browns. Ever since you know they had that Super Bowl run where they lost, it's been Super Bowl or bust for Goff and the Rams. With now you know the trade that sent Stafford to the Rams and L.A., now Goff is in Detroit— there's just a lot less pressure, and I think you know he's been able to not completely thrive, but just play much better and cleaner football. He he's not playing great football, but he's being he's he's playing solid football. That again, if the Lions let's say had a stronger team around him, I think they could be good. But right now it's kind of the Jared Goff show, which isn't what you normally want uh, for an NFL team. But for a rebuilding team like the Lions, I have no problem with it. Yeah, they're they're definitely playing with drive, and they're gonna win a game. I think sooner rather than later. Uh, they, Again, just the NFL's not rooting for them with this tough schedule. They played two very good teams, and both those games they played them tough. So now let's go division game: Colts Titans. We don't even know the status of Carson Wentz injuring both his ankles. Either way, I got the Titans winning this game mainly because either you're facing Jacob Eason, who would be making his first career start. And we don't really know what they have in him. Or you're facing Carson Wentz with not one but two bad ankles. And obviously for a guy who is at least semi-mobile like Wentz and a guy who, you know, does need to escape in and out of the pocket and has really, you know, one of Wentz's big downfalls over the years has been his footwork. And now you're dealing with bad, you know, bad ankles. That's kind of how you might go back to your old old bad habits when you get an injury like that. So I, I like the Titans to win this game at home. I think that win against Seattle, yes, you know, maybe Seattle missed an extra point in regulation and a big reason why you went into overtime. But that it, it, for me, that's a statement win. When you go into a place as hostile as Seattle is and beat a great team like I believe the Seahawks are in the in the fashion that they did, the fact that they were down double digits for almost the entirety of the game... I, that was an impressive statement win as the Titans. There was a, I realized that they were going to start 0-2 after a bad loss to Arizona. Now, all of a sudden, you're 1-1, and come home, get back on track. I like the Titans in this game. Big win last week, and I think that carries over. Yeah, I'm going to go with the Titans as well. And I think I don't have a ton of faith in Tennessee, to be honest. And this is probably the same scenario where you were going through with Washington and Buffalo in that game. For me, it just seems like the Colts last season were a staple of consistency. Yeah. 
And this year, it just feels like they've been everything but that. It's just been the Achilles heel. We've seen some glimpses of what this team can be, but every time you start to get excited about them, something happens. Carson Wentz goes down to turn the ball over. And the uh, defense uh, makes a crucial error. And I'll say this, though. The, you know, we were talking about the Lions have a t- had a tough schedule. Colts have had no cakewalk either. Seattle and the Rams are two really tough games to open up your season against. Yeah, you're absolutely right. That uh, that defense, I expect it to be very consistent and at the top of, not the number one defense, but near the top of every category. I feel like every time I turn on a Colts game, they're allowing some huge, like, 50-yard-plus play, which, again, that was supposed to be the strength of this team, and as that secondary has, has, not been, has not been good at all. And they need to get it fixed because they can't keep allowing these huge chunk plays where <clears throat> if you're an offense and you get one of those big plays early— it allows it grows confidence in you and allows you to get in a rhythm. And also for quarterback and Carson Wentz, who's had issues with trying to play hero ball, if you're constantly going down points because your defense is allowing big plays and putting pressure on your offense to respond, that's not going to be good for a, a quarterback and Carson Wentz who has felt like he's need to carry the load offensively. And this running game isn't what we thought it could be either with that offensive line and Jonathan Taylor. It's not been as... We thought that with that offensive line, it could be one of the best running games in football. And I do expect it to improve, but it has not been what we thought it could be. I think as this offensive line builds more cohesion and gets healthier, it will improve. I think the loss of uh, Anthony Costanza last year is much bigger than and, people realize. And we don't know how healthy fit both Eric Fisher and Quentin Oson are coming off injuries. Right. So now we go to the Chargers and Chiefs. I, I almost picked Dallas last week, and I decided to go with the Chargers. And obviously, you know... I, sh- I should have stuck. I should have stuck with Dallas, but uh, the Chargers. Herbert has not looked. He's looked good at times. Like that drive to clinch the win against Washington was extremely impressive. But Herbert was my MVP pick, and so far he's had spurts of okay, that's an MVP guy. But it hasn't been as consistent as I thought it would be with him now in year two. Of you know, yes, it's a different offense, and yes, you know new language and you know how you read a defense maybe but I thought he would just be a lot more consistent coming into his second year in the league and so far that hasn't been the case the Chiefs though they have a real concern they are the worst defense when it comes to rushing I believe they've allowed the most rushing yards and they've allowed over 200 rushing yards per game now granted they face the Browns they face the Ravens maybe the two best rushing offenses in football but you know, I'm looking at it now. Chiefs have allowed 202 yards per game. The next rushing yards per game, the team that ranks 31st is the Seahawks at 162. That's a 40-yard difference between the Chiefs and the next worst team, and that's unacceptable. Now, I do expect them to improve somewhat when they face worse rushing offenses, but And I don't think it'll get in the way of, of them winning the division or making the playoffs because I, I think this team is that good, obviously, with Patrick Mahomes at the helm. But, this again, this is Super Bowl or bust. The Chiefs are Chiefs and the Bucks out of any two teams, are the most Super Bowl or bust teams in the league. And when you have a rushing defense, even in a pass-happy league like we have now, when you have a rushing defense that is this terrible, it's going to cost you, and especially... One of the biggest ways to beat Mahomes is ball control. Be ball hogs. The opposing offense, be ball hogs to make sure Mahomes doesn't even touch the ball. 
Now, obviously, you can only limit that so far, but when you're able to control the clock like the Ravens and Browns have been able to, and, you know, Browns lost even with that, which shows how good the Chiefs are, but when you're able to control the clock and not give Mahomes, you know, all and give as less less time as you possibly can to Patrick Mahomes, that's how you beat this Chiefs team. And I think even though they lost the Browns and then the Ravens, who did win, they laid out the blueprint to beat the Chiefs. And the Chiefs, this is a huge weakness. And if you're the Chiefs, you know, you move Chris Jones to the edge. Do you, And that could be a big part of why that rushing defense is so bad. Do you consider moving him back into the interior of the defensive line to see if that helps your rushing defense? Or do you kind of just say, you know what, we'll, we'll lack on the rushing defense because we know that teams have to pass it eventually? Yeah, I think I've been saying this for a while. The Chiefs' defense needed to be better. and Their passing defense hasn't been terrible. It's not been it great. It hasn't been great. They're not, they haven't been, over the last couple years, they did haven't you, been I didn't consistent. think this would be the, they haven't been consistent, but did, did you expect this to be the worst rushing defense in football? No, but I'm not. By a wide margin. I think I mean, it's not close. I think that's a con. I think I think this is this defense as a, in total is is probably not in the top half of the league, frankly. Right, but I don't think I think the rushing numbers the, are inflated because of the teams that they've played. I'm which I agree lower with. on. I am definitely lower on this Chiefs defense, and it needs to get better if they're going to make a deep playoff run. I'll say this again and again. It's the reason I didn't pick them in the Super Bowl. It's because that of the defense. That defense has got to be able to get stops against really good 500-plus teams when the moment calls for it. They can't always have Patrick Mahomes. Now, granted, they almost beat... They should have beaten the Ravens if Clyde Edwards Hilaire doesn't fumble. Right. But, which also just shows how incredible that offense is, knowing how much we're bashing this defense, and especially the rushing end, and how they easily could be 2-0 and against two great teams. Yeah, I think that's right. Um, and I am going to pick them to win this game. As am I. I think the, the Chief Chargers have disappointed me, especially from an offensive standpoint, uh, through two weeks of the season. And I do think, and I although I like this Chargers offensive line, and I do like Eckler, they don't have the rushing capabilities that the Browns and Ravens do. So I do like the Chiefs to win to win this game, and you know, pull it a two and one on the year. But that rushing defense, especially come playoff time and come January when the weather gets cold and it's possibly snowing, that's a huge concern for me. I think the Chargers will improve. I just think this is a tough week to bounce back. No, yeah, I still think the Chargers are a playoff team, although that division looks a lot tougher than maybe we both anticipated. I still think the Chargers are a very good team, but as you said, it's tough to bounce back against you know the best player in football. Right. Now, maybe the toughest game of the week to pick, the New Orleans Saints, you know, we all thought this was, oh my god, they they beat, they went 38-3 to over the Packers, this is incredible, and then they get trounced by the Panthers, who obviously, you know, we mentioned they're great defense. I think that's kind of what we're going to see throughout the year from the Saints, inconsistent, at least from the quarterback position and offensive, and from an offensive standpoint. I think the Chiefs, or excuse me, I think the Saints bounce back to an extent, but I'm going to go with the Patriots. I, it might be a bit of an upset, and I do think <clears throat> Mac Jones struggles a bit because I do think the Saints have a very good defense and will do a good job confusing the young quarterback. But at the same time, Bill Belichick's defense against Jameis Winston, for me, that's that's a disa- that's a possible disaster. So I think it'll be a low-scoring, tight game. It's going to be, I think, a really physical, in-the-trench type game. But I think with the game in New England, 
you know, on the we all know the Saints don't play as well outdoors on the road. You know, you know, really good environment there in New England for the Patriots. And again, Bill Belichick's you know ability to mix and match with his defense and confuse Jameis Winston. I think they pull back on Winston more this week, like they did in Week One. I think maybe they got a little too confident in him last week against the Panthers. But you know, I'm I'm gonna go with the I'm gonna go with the Patriots here. Although I do, I think this will be a close game that really comes down to the wire. And I think it's which quarterback doesn't get as confused as the other because I think both defenses are gonna do their best to confuse the other one as much as possible. Yeah, and I'm actually gonna go with the New Orleans Saints. Um. And it wouldn't surprise me. I think this is a tight game, close game, but... Right. I think we both think so. I just... I think that Saints defense is just going to clamp down hard. I think that... Well, I think the Patriots defense would do the same against I, but New, I just against think New the Saints defense has more talent. I think that what we saw... They don't have them, Belichick, though. They don't have Belichick, but they are well-coached. They are. Of and, course they are. And I just think that... That defense has that team. That defense has pride in the way that they play. I think what we saw I, well, from I think Carolina. The, I think the Patriots do too, though. I think the Patriots do too, but I think the expectations are almost lower from that unit because of the talent there. I think they you have think less the, veteran leaders. You think the expect from an expectations? Interesting, because I, I think defensively the Patriots have, defense has humongous expectations with mm-hmm. Bel, with Belichick as the as the you know coordinator slash head coach. That defense has huge expectations. from an outs- from an outside perspective. That the Patriots defense has huge expectations. I think it has big expectations. I think the Saints expectation, the Saint expectations for that Saints defense to carry that team are are more because from an outside perspective. Because that's what I interpret when I mean expectations. Like from a fan's perspective or a media I think perspective. From my perspective, and I think for many others, I think the expectation is the Saints defense is better. They have leaders like Cameron Jordan. Demario Davis on that defense. Latim- Lattimore's been injured, and you know, had yeah, we'll see about. I, I don't think he's playing in this game. I mean, Bradley. Yeah, I know the Patriots don't have a great number one receiver, but I think that that's a big hit. You know, and I, we know the Patriots can force turnovers, and I think they'll be able to force. I think both teams will be able to force turnovers, and it'll probably come down to which team can better take advantage of them. Well, I think it's going to come down to which quarterback makes that play. Which, or or doesn't make that or doesn't make the I bad play. I think both quarterbacks are going to throw picks and make mistakes. Yeah, I think one of them is going to make a great play, take a team down the field. And I have more faith in Jameis Winston. I'm going to go with the more experienced guy. The, I'm going to go with a little bit. I, I think both teams quarterbacks will be confused, but I like the explosion that Winston can potentially give the Saints offense. Uh, so that so I'm going to take New Orleans to to win in a, in a close one. So our fir- our first disagreement, uh, I'm go- I'm going with the Patriots at home, and you're gonna take the the road team in in the New Orleans Saints. So now let's go. The Cincinnati Bengals almost pulling out a miracle against the Bears after they were down what like 17 points, you know, 13. Po- they're down three. I think they're down like three scores with like th- you know five minutes left, and they they almost pulled it out. Taking on the Pittsburgh Steelers, coming off a really bad loss, and Rares are a good team. <clears throat> no doubt about it. The Raiders are a good team, but with that Sewers defense, I expected more from, from that. And they played well. They definitely let, played well. Let me defend the Pittsburgh Steelers' defense. The Raiders, okay, I'll say this. The Raiders, I expected more from the Steelers' offense against that Raiders' defense, though. That's fair. You cannot put this loss on Pittsburgh's defense. 
I will not allow it as a I, well, not I mean, even as a Steelers fan as a as a but, lover like, of you, football. You can't love like the chunk play to Henry Ruggs, the huge touch on Henry Ruggs. That's not what we're accustomed to seeing from that Steelers it's, defense. That part is unacceptable. But when you're out possessed by nine minutes with f- four Steelers defenders out, two right before the game, you're asking guys to come in and step up immediately. But you said you're out. You're out. So the Rams had what nine minutes more possession? Isn't that somewhat on the Steelers defense though? No, at least early on. on. But early on, you early on, it's I think on that Steelers defense to make no, it's on the it's on the it's on the Steelers offense to possess the ball because they kept they kept going you know they kept they turned the ball over once they weren't sustaining drive they have no rhythm no ability to run the football it's it's just the it's the fatigue set in for this Pittsburgh defense but I think along you, with you have losing to make, Joe you, Hayden you, Devin you, Bush. TJ Watt was huge. Tyson Aluwalu, sec- like second play of the game. That's all before the midway point in the second quarter, Alex. And I, I understand that, but I, at the same time, you know, I think early on you got to make better stops and you have to make more stops. They did make stops. This game was within two points. Uh, um, before, you know, at, at halftime, this, this with all those stars out at that point. The Steelers' defense was making stops. It's just it's it about attrition good. setting in and this offense not doing anything. I like Derek Carr. I think he's the most underrated quarterback in the NFL, but I expected, I thought that Steelers' defense would really dominate that Raiders' offense. And they played very well, but they didn't take over the game like I thought they would. The, the Raiders were very limited offensively up until the point where number 90 got hurt. That is what I will say. When T.J. Watt left that game with a groin injury, that he he is the leader of that defense. He is what makes that that defense tick, and that's it's a hard pill to swallow, especially when you're down two other key stars or three other key starters already. I I just think the Steelers' offense couldn't move the ball against the Raiders' defense. That's good, but not not good enough. I'm gonna I'm gonna take Pittsburgh. As am I. We're both we're both going to the Steelers. I think they're gonna confuse Burrow and I think Burrow's gonna make mistakes and especially with the game being in Pittsburgh, I expect the defense to take over. Like last or like I thought last week. I also expect the Steelers offense to be able to run the ball more and just move the ball better. Uh against the Cincinnati defense that has played decently, but I, I just expect Pittsburgh to get the better hand. It's almost a big brother, little brother scenario. And I know the Bengals got the best of them the last time that they played. And I they and Big Ben is has a pec injury right now. He should be good to go, but he's, he's throwing with some pain. I just expect the, the Steelers to bounce back. It's just a hunch for me. As do I. This is a game they, they definitely should win at home. Now the Cardinals and the Jacksonville Jaguars... Both teams going in opposite directions. Trevor Lawrence, at you know, not all his fault, but is not looking like the greatest quarterback prospect since John Elway <laughs> that many, you know, coined him. Meanwhile, on the other side, Kyle Murray right now might be the MVP of the NFL. He had some bad interceptions against the Vikings that he has to clean up on, but and that Cardinals offense right now is completely explosive and through two weeks might be the most explosive offense in football as they're riding on all cylinders. And I expect against the Jaguars events that's, you know, meh, it's made some nice plays here and there, but it's just average. I mean, they got blown up by the Texans' offense. Uh, I, I expect the Cardinals to, to pretty much have their way on both, on definitely from an offensive side. And although, I you know, this isn't the best defense in the world, I do expect Lawrence to continue to make mistakes. Again, sometimes it'll be just on him, and sometimes it'll be just poor playmaking by the guys around him. 
Yeah, just, Alex, why don't you imagine Kyler Murray in the place of Terod Taylor, like, on that Texans team? Think, if Tyra Taylor can do that, think about Kyler Murray, what he'll do. With Hopkins and, you know, Rondell Moore looks like, you know, Rondell Moore looks like the guy we thought he could be pre-injury in college. Rondell Moore, some thought was a first round, a lot of people <clears throat> thought he was a top four to five wide receiver prospect, even with all the great receiver prospects. Some thought he was a first round pick before all the, before kind of his injuries piled up. Yeah, so this offense is really, really explosive, and this defense is, is explosive, too, with the splash plays that they can generate. And I think they're doing just enough. You know, they don't have to be a top five, top ten defense. It's kind of like, just don't be a liability. And although they haven't been great, and yes, they got some help from a missed field goal last week and a missed extra point, they've been better. And they've been much better. And they haven't been the liability that I think, at least through two weeks, at some thought. Yeah. Although last week, was a, last week was rough for them. It's a defense that's going to thrive on getting turnovers. And I think against a, a rookie quarterback who hasn't been great, a Jacksonville offense, and team that hasn't been great, they'll get some, is what I'll say. They'll get some. So we're both going with the Cardinals to move to 3-0 and in the, uh, in the NF- you know, 3-0 overall. And obviously they need everyone they can get in that NFC West. So now going to the Jets and Broncos. Broncos, another 2-0 team as, you know, Zach Wilson. Zach Wilson does not look good. And I think it's not an, you know, in, it's not going to be indicative of who he is as an overall player. He's taken some chances, which I think you like to see from a rookie, knowing what, what can fly in the NFL and what can't, which I don't mind from a rookie quarterback. But I think against a good Denver defense and a sound Denver defense, I expect Wilson to continue to struggle against the Broncos and this Jets offense to continue to struggle. I, I like the Broncos here. Broncos, you know, they they do a good job of just spin drives, moving the chains, being good on, you know, getting the third manageable and then converting those third downs. As Bridgewater has basically been what we thought he could be, a really good game manager. Cortland Stone had a really great game last week, so I expect coming off his major injury, him to get better as the year goes on, as I think this Denver offense is going to continue to get better and click more as the year goes on, and I expect no difference. Again, against a Jets team that obviously is a different stage of their rebuild. Yep, I would argue that this Broncos defense is on a similar level of that Patriots defense as well, and that Patriots defense gave Zach Wilson some fits last week, serious fits. I And, you know, with Teddy Bridgewater, who's pretty sound, uh, you know, I, I been impressed me a lot at quarterback. He's got a lot of good eligibles to go to. I just don't really see how the Jets are gonna uh, pull this out against a team that's just more experienced and just look as it's more of a sense of confidence going into this game. So we both like Denver to to pull this one out and prove to three zero in their own in the AFC West. So now going to the Dolphins, where we don't know who's starting for them at quarterback against the Raiders. As you know, we're talking about Kyler being the MVP. Derek Carr has would definitely have something to say about that. Is right now, I think he and Murray are the clubhouse leaders for MVP. As I said it before, Derek Carr, I thought coming coming into the year was the most underrated quarterback in the NFL. Everyone, everyone talks about every year. It's, it feels like it's a yearly thing. Oh, will the Raiders upgrade at quarterback? Will they you know move on from Derek Carr? And my view, I look at those rumors and I'm thinking, there's a lot of things wrong with this organization. Derek Carr might be the one thing that's right about the Las Vegas Raiders. Yeah, he's not always consistent, but keep in mind, before he like broke his ankle, he was you know in the conversation for MVP, and the Raiders were gearing up for you know a deep playoff run. 
Now, I know maybe he hasn't been that guy since, but he's still a really, really good quarterback that if the Raiders have, can have a competent defense with competent coaching, they can be a really good team. And I think so far we've seen that. You know, it has to be more consistent, something the Raiders have not been over the last few years. But against a Dolphins team that, you know, we don't know who's starting a quarterback, the defense hasn't been as good as it was last year. I think the Raiders at home do do get a win in front in in front of their home crowd for really just the second time. Yeah, and I and I want to say this Raiders defense is gonna is very very has been solid. better than we than both of us expected. We thought it could potentially have been one of the worst in the NFL. You know, Max Crosby we always liked. Uh, Yanni Kingakwe has been fine, uh, but yeah, that the Raiders defense is definitely exceeding expectations to go along with the excellent play of Derek Carr. Absolutely, and Casey Hayward's looked like a pro baller. Like the guy year. he was three, four years ago with the Chargers. And also, they've beaten the Raymond and Sewers. This isn't like they've you know, played some bad teams that are rebuilding. They've played two really good teams, teams that have playoff aspirations, including the one in Pittsburgh, which is never an easy place to play. Right. I don't think it's an accomplishment to shut down the Steelers' offense, which has been no, really horrific. No, but to beat, to beat, but to beat the them is, is, is. Yeah, certainly. to beat the Steelers and also beat the Ravens, the, that's a to me to 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 shut down or not to shut down, but to to limit what Lamar Jackson that offense can do was really impressive. Yeah, so we'll see if it can continue. But right now, the Raiders look everything, every bit of a playoff team. Yeah. So we both we both like Vegas to improve, especially the against the Miami defense that had no answers last week. We both look, we both like Vegas to to pull within three and zero now as keep their hot streak rolling. So now a battle of two no teams. The game of the week, I think, in many's eyes, Tampa Bay Buccaneers taking on the Los Angeles Rams. I think defense might be optional in in this game. I, I think the now I could see defense will be the winning defense. I think might make the winning play. It might be offense shootout. You know, shootout, 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 and then one team's gonna have the ball with the game on the line, and it's gonna be up to the defense. Can they make that one play, that one stop? I'm gonna go with the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. I think it's going to be a really good game, a really close game. Uh, it's going to be neck and neck. Shy, I know you're kind of have a look. I think you might be going with the Rams. Matthew Stafford looks like everything we thought he potentially could have been uh, when we were imagining him out of Detroit for all those years. I just think right now that Bucks offense is looking like that Bucks team in the postseason. And the defense hasn't been as good, but they made plays when they had to. For the most part, especially last week against you know, a suspect Falcons team, but still they made plays when they had to. And again, if the, I think this game comes down to the wire, and there's no quarterback I trust more than Tom Brady with the game on the line. Give me the Rams. I think it. It would not surprise me if the Rams win. It wouldn't surprise me at all if the Rams win. Give me the Rams, Alex. Especially with it being in LA. Yeah, I almost think this MVP talk is a little bit disrespectful to the play of Matthew Stafford. He's been phenomenal. He's been executing Sean McVay's scheme really to Which is to what we perfection. both expected. But that's what we, we also both expected that because we all knew the talent that Stafford possessed. Yeah, and I, and, and I just I think that this offense, when comparing them to Tampa's, they're, they're more well-rounded to me. They're, they, I think they have a better ability to run the ball. I think they're, they're, they're more varied. They mix in the play action better. They're more creative. I just think they keep a defense off balance on their tippy toes much more than Tampa. I think Tampa might have better talent. I think they do have better talent. But I think the scheme is, for them, is just a vertical passing attack. And it's really, really good. 
but I Bucks, just... The, I would say the, the Buccaneers' scheme is Tom Brady. Right. And Tom Brady's not a bad scheme. Not a bad scheme, but I, I'm going to go with McVay. I'm going to go, you know, with McVay. I know Brady's gotten the best of him throughout his career. and uh, It's not in a ton of matchups, but I think there's a little bit of revenge here. I think we see... Oh, well, I mean, the Rams beat the Bucks last year, so it's not like he's always gone. I'm, the Super Bowl, obviously... Super Bowl is really the Super Bowl is obviously the biggest, uh, you know, point of emphasis is, I think, what you were referring to. Right. But also, Brady didn't have a great game that game. That's true. And the Rams' defense also did play pretty well that game as well. I, I also think that Aaron Donald is going to leave his mark. He always does. And I, I also think that... The, this this Rams secondary is good enough to take away just at least one of those of those Bucks options. I know they have a lot, but just taking away one might just be enough. I think I don't more see, I don't think it will be. I mean, like two weeks ago, it was like a Gronk and Brown game with some Godwin sprinkled in. Last week, it was an Evans and Gronk game with some you know a little bit of Godwin. Like here's that you take away Evans, he goes to Gronk and Brown and Godwin. Take away Brown and he goes to Evans. Take away. Both those guys, he goes to Godwin and Grunt. Like, they have so many weapons that you can take one of those guys away. Brady will just p- pick you apart with the other two or three. I don't know. I think Brady's might also just be under pressure this game as well. And I think... Which I think is... I definitely think he will be. And as we've seen, that is the way to beat a Tom Brady-led team is get him under pressure. But uh, Tom Brady, if he'll turn, the, turn back the clock 10 years, I mean, he looks as good as he's really he ever does, have. He does look great. And, I, and I'm, really just, I'm really just saying that because... I think to, to, I just have more faith in the Ram to take away a weapon. I the, I don't think the Tampa secondary has been great. Oh, it hasn't. But Carlton Davis has played well. He has played well. Carlton Davis has played very well. I just think like if you take away one of those weapons, like I don't think I don't know if the Rams are good good enough to take away two of their weapons. So let's say they do take away one. How much does that really hurt the Bucks' ovens? Because they're not enough mouths to feed anyway, and we never know if it's a Brown game. We never know if it's an Evans game or a Gronk game or a Godwin game. We don't. We don't know who the Rams should take away. Yeah, I think that I think the 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 Bucks are gonna put up points. I just both think the Rams will. will too. Both teams will, and I think we both agree there. So it'll come down to the wire. I think we both agree with that. McVeigh thirty nine and zero when leaning in halftime. So maybe we maybe we should just watch the first half, and then based on that we can. Can, Sounds uh, good to me. Yeah, we can. Uh, we don't need to see. Yeah, know, who cares about away. the fourth quarter? Yeah. Especially with Brady. Yeah, what fourth quarter? So now let's go. Vikings hosting the Seattle Seahawks. Both teams coming off really bad, heartbreaking losses. Both teams having kicker troubles. Both teams blowing leads and you know allowing a ton of points. And you know at least the Se- I mean the Seahawks got run all over. I mean they couldn't they couldn't stop anything from running on them, let alone Derrick Henry. I do like the Seahawks, though, just because their offense has been much more consistent. You know, Vikings had a very good offensive game plan and executed it, you know, mainly against the Cardinals. But against Cincy, a defense that I expected them to exploit, they were very inconsistent. They weren't great. You know, Justin Jefferson's been good at times, but hasn't been great. Thielen has played... Thielen has been the most consistent player, I think even more so than Dalvin Cook. On that Vikings team, he's been great for Minnesota, especially in big third down or even fourth down red zone areas. So I do expect Thielen to you know play really well, and I do think this Vikings offense plays well. 
But right now, I just have way more faith in that Seahawks offense. And although I don't love the Seahawks defense, I do think they can possibly get a turnover or two in this one. Yeah, I just expect Russell Wilson to pick apart this Vikings secondary. And I, I, I know the Seattle defense isn't great, but as you were saying, the Minnesota offense is not anything to write home about through two, through these two weeks. They've been good. They've been great at times, and at other times, they've been very questionable head and head scratching decisions, and have made yeah. head scratching decisions. So I'm gonna go with the Pete Carroll led team, the the team that we are are expecting to to kind of get back on track. They do. They never had a tough game last week, but they do usually start strong, and I'm expecting them to kind of pick up and 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 run. And this is still a great team. Like right now, we we both I believe we both picked the Rams to win the to win this division. And although I think we still feel that way, obviously you probably do thinking Rams will beat Tampa this weekend. But I still have the Seahawks as a playoff team, and I still have them as a strong wild card team where they can you know pull off a couple of upsets and possibly make their way to a potential Super Bowl. Although I won't pick them, you know, to go that far in the playoffs. This is still a really good Seahawks team in my mind. The defense has to be better. You know, we talked about earlier with the Chiefs how, yes, there's a wide margin, and yes, it's because half you know they did play Derrick Henry in one of their two games, but that rushing defense was terrible. And the Titans, when they when you know, it's obvious. Okay, you need to pass the ball. You need to pass the ball. You're down multiple scores. They ran the ball, and we're getting huge, huge chunk plays. Yeah, and I also think for me, uh, and now they face Dalvin Cook, which obviously is no easy task within itself. Yeah, I think that even needs to be better. But I think the main thing for me in the Seahawks offensively, Russell Wilson's had a decently clean pocket. I think to you work can with. that can, can that continue? I think it'll continue against Minnesota, but long term, when you face you know stout pass rushers, something can that, to watch. Can that continue? Because the Seahawks offensive line was. A decent concern and a reason why I think we both thought the Seahawks would be a wild card team and not, you know, jumping the Rams for their division. Absolutely. Now Monday night an NFC East battle, Philadelphia Eagles have played I think in my mind really well so far. I mean they dismantled the Falcons thirty two to six. You know, Falcons not a great team, but I sure didn't think they'd beat them by twenty six points in Atlanta. And then they gave the Niners a run for their money. They lost seventeen to eleven, but Oh, my bad. Uh, that's the Monday night game. We'll come back to the Sunday night game as we kind of right. I just want to make sure. Yeah, that we, uh, I I missed that. My eyes are not very great today. Um. Anyway, Eagles taking on the Dallas Cowboys NFC East battle. Eagles have played much better as of late. As I said, they've come out strong. I like what I've seen from Nick Sirianni's led group. I'm still gonna go with the Dallas Cowboys because it's in Dallas. Dallas has looked good against better teams. You know, obviously the Chargers, and then even in a loss, they look solid against the Buccaneers, and I expect Dak to continue to get stronger and healthier as he plays more and even takes more hits. Tony Pollard should be the lead back in Dallas, though. Tony Pollard is just a breath of fresh air, in my mind, every time he takes the field, and just seems more explosive than Zeke. You know, I look at Tony Pollard as being the kind of lightning to Zeke's thunder. Zeke is not an explosive back. He's a rumbler. Um, and but he, he hasn't played well. He hasn't played particularly well. Another another example of why I don't give long-term contracts to running backs. Yeah, I tend, I tend to agree with you there. I, I'm going to take uh, Dallas to win this game as well. Their offense has been consistently good enough to win football games. The defense hasn't been bad. But this offense performed very, very well against two 
defenses that we think we like a lot in L.A., the Chargers and um, the Buccaneers. Buccaneers. And I think that defense, you know, it hasn't been great, but I think it's, it's been good enough, which coming into the year, people were wondering how bad this defense would be in. You know, I thought it could improve, and so far it has, and Dan Quinn's done a decent job and against an Eagles offense that... I think this Eagles offense actually has a really good game, and I think this is a bit of a shootout, especially in a dome stadium with two, you know, potentially explosive offenses. You know, I really like what I've seen from that Philly offense, even even though they could only muster 11 points against San Fran. So I do think Dallas gets the win, but I definitely think Philly puts up a fight, and it should be just a good old fun NFC East battle. So now let's go back to the Sunday night game that I I missed. The Green Bay Packers traveling to San Francisco, taking on the 49ers. Packers have not looked great. You know, obviously they got trounced by the Saints. They looked fine against the Lions, but for the talent disparity that there is between those two teams, I expect them to win in a more dominating fashion. I thought the score didn't exactly show how close the game was, especially with, I believe, Detroit winning at the half. I do expect the Packers to win. I think they're just a better, more consistent team than the 49ers are, especially from an offensive standpoint. I think, although I do think this 49ers defense could show up early in the game, I think eventually Rodgers will make his plays. They're going to, I think, get Devonta Adams involved as much as they can. And I mean, we saw, you know, I know the Detroit defense ran, you know, a very, you know, a defense that, you know, doesn't, would do, not do well against the run. But the Packers' offensive line, especially in the running game, looked looked pretty good. And I, I, again, I just think eventually Rodgers will kind of get on a roll. And I just don't think this Niners' offense, especially with all of their injuries to the running back position, I just don't think it'll be able to keep up. Yeah, I also think this Niners' secondary hasn't been great this year, um, especially if the the injuries that they've had, which I think is expected. You know, expected. no more Richard Sherman. We obviously had high expectations for that front seven, but secondary definitely, I questions and concerns about heading into the year and so far those haven't been answered exactly i i'm just gonna go with aaron Rodgers to be aaron Rodgers, and i do expect the niners to put up a fight i think it's gonna be early on yeah and i do it should be a good sunday night game but i I, again i just think packers will just kind of continue to slightly widen the lead a little bit a little bit and i just don't think the niners offense will be able to go pound for pound i agree so that's going to do it for this week three edition of NFL Game Time Podcast. We hope you enjoyed this episode, and we'll be back for next week breaking down <clears throat> our takeaways from week three and also previewing the week four slate of games. So we'll see you next week on NFL Game Time Podcast.